Hey, this is Scott. And I'm Emily. And we have a special announcement for you. Yes, we've added seven new coaches to the team. Yeah, and we did this because you all have been asking us for help in lots of areas to help you become a better person. So what we've done is we've responded by adding strategic members to the team who are world-class at what they do. That's right. So no matter what your situation is, there's a coach for you. Yes, and best of all, you can form a program to help you get from where you are right now to where you want to be and uh, have multiple experts helping you. Hey, that's the best of every world. Right. All the king's horses and all the king's men, all in one place. Not that you're Humpty Dumpty or anything. (laughs) I think we better get on with the show. All right. But not before we tell you where to find all these people. Go to www.scottandemily.com. Remember, there's one T in Scott, so it's S-C-O-T-A-N-D-E-M-I-L-Y.com. E-I-E-I-O. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> oh, boy. We've been watching too many bad movies lately. Anyway, check out scottandemily.com. Meet our new coaches. You'll recognize some of the names as guests from this show and also from my show for guys, The Mountaintop. So real excited about this. Go over and uh, check out who we got. And, uh, well, it is time now to get on with the show. Let's get on with it. Here's episode number 51 of... X and Y on the Fly. Live from the mysterious, mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello out there in podcast land. This is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. And I'm Emily McKay. And here we are for episode number 51 of the world famous X and Y on the Fly podcast. Now, it's uh, pretty cool that we're ramping this show back up again. Y'all are listening to it and starting to leave us some new uh, comments and uh, send us some new emails. And we love hearing from you. We're glad that we're making a difference in your life. And along those lines today, we've got a brand new topic for these people that I can't believe after 51 shows, well, after 50, this is the 51st, (laughs) after so long, we've never talked about this before because I think it's really an integral part of the relationships. Oh, absolutely. And that's how to help each other grow. Yeah. How to help your partner in a relationship, a romantic relationship at that, become a better person. And, you know, I think a lot of times we've talked about, Emily, this whole idea of becoming best friends with your partner. Right. But what are friends for? I mean, can we make each other better people? Can we leave each other better than we found each other? Well, that's what we expect of our other friends. Well, yeah. things better for us, right? Absolutely. Joining us for this conversation from, I'm a little bit jealous, San Diego, California, where they've recently moved from Brooklyn, New York, are my good friends from OwnStream. Steven and Teresa. How are you all doing out there? What's up, guys? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> How are great. you guys? Great to doing be here. Great. Well, I can't expect you guys to tell me you're doing miserably out in San Diego. I mean, every day <laughs> is just farting sunshine out there, isn't it? Yeah, you're probably calling your friends going, hey, it's beautiful and sunny here. And they're probably going, Ugh. shut up. <laughs> it seriously is snowing a lot in Brooklyn right now. This is one of those days where we're giving each other a serious high five. It's great to be here. Oh, Extra I know. smiles. Sweet revenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can laugh with you a little bit because we live here in San Antonio, Texas. And today it's 80 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. 
Nice. Oh, beautiful. Very nice. Love it. Now, before we make everybody in North Central United States and Canada vomit, I think we better get down to what we're supposed to talk about here. Right. This was your idea for this conversation, and I loved it. Um, what inspired you guys to bring that topic to the table? I would imagine it has a little bit to do with something you're, um, you know, helping each other with right now in your own relationship. Well, I think we're both in a real, it's a pivotal time for us as a family, as a couple. You know, we have a baby. She's now nine months and about a week and a half old. And she's absolutely the utter joy of our lives. And it's caused us to look at ourselves, to look at our situation. And anytime you start looking at your, your scenario, where you're living, kind of how you're living, it causes you to look inside. And so we're at a point now where this is like front and center for us on a daily basis almost where we're talking about kind of who we are and what we're creating together. And so when you, you know, offered um, us to pick a topic, that was the clear one for us to discuss because it's something we're really, really passionate about right now. Yeah. And I think we have a, we have a lot of change going on in our lives. As you mentioned, we just moved to the West Coast uh, about a year ago. Uh, we met in New York. We both lived there for a number of years. We just had a baby. She's nine months old. And we just started a business together. So we have we have a lot of things <laughs> going that. on. And change also can be, it's thrilling and exciting. And we're probably at the, you know, one of the highest points in our relationship ever right now, I think. But it also comes with a lot of challenge, you know, getting, adjusting to that, becoming a parent, redefining who you are, and then becoming business owners and, and working on that together. It's it's a lot of change, and it's it's helping us grow and helping each other grow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Teresa, you talk a little fast for a Californian. <laughs> <laughs> if you came to Texas, it'd be like, you're not from around here. Whoa, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got a little New York in her stuff. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Baltimore originally, so same thing. I had to you know, get the draw working after about two decades in Texas. <laughs> Here's where I want to go with this conversation and see what you think of this, Emily. All right. When you meet someone, you want them to be wonderful and perfect in every way, and you're kind of rooting for being soulmates if you're attracted to each other. And the tendency there is, you know, you got the emotions working and you kind of backfill the logic into that parking space <laughs> if it's not quite adding up. What's the difference between helping someone grow in a relationship and trying to change them? To add my two cents to that. Why not? <laughs> As you hug me, she's buttering me up for the change that is going to be impacting my <laughs> life in a second. Here we go. The, the difference is between helping somebody grow as an individual and being with someone who's just all wrong for you. Uh, and I'll put it in a really simple way and you know, give an extreme example is well, a woman meets a guy and he's abusive and he beats her up or he's an alcoholic and he's uh, drunk and, and spending all their income on alcohol and drugs. That's a bad situation. Okay, I promise I'll stop doing all that stuff. <laughs> you got it. But when you're looking at someone who's absolutely wonderful and you can be there to help them grow in their business or you can help them uh, grow stronger in an aspect of life that they want to grow stronger in, then you can be that wonderful support system. And that's not really changing the person. That's actually being their champion. You can help them have multiple orgasms, too. That yes. works. Wow, I really know how to silence a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was half joking, okay? <laughs> no, I think that's I, wonderful. What do you guys have to say? Yeah, I mean, I think that we have a vision. We each have a vision for who we want to be and who we really are. I think Stephen and I would say, I'll say that. You know, I have a, a, a true me that I'm yearning toward and, and working toward. And I seek Stephen's help in, in helping me to do that. Some people 
you know, some people may not want that help. There's, I've been in relationships before, certainly, where I was, I thought I knew who someone wanted to be and tried to put them into that box or make them become who I thought they actually were. But I think with Stephen and I, we talk a lot about our, our dreams and our visions for who we want to be um, as people, what our values are, what we want in life. And I think a lot of what we do together is is helping each other work toward that. Do you think that's right? I would say uh, along those lines, like our lives, as Teresa said, we work together now. We, we're raising a child together. And I think when you really become parents, this becomes magnified. But our lives are not siloed. Like we're doing things together a lot. And so we're going through a lot of the similar things, facing similar challenges. And so very often, um, when we're dealing with something that's maybe a little more difficult than, than something else, often we're both in the same spot, we're dealing with the same thing, and we can share experience, which I think has a little more resonance than kind of pointing out somebody's flaws or telling somebody what they should be doing, etc., so it gives us a platform for which to talk about in a very compassionate way about what we're dealing with and what our experience is of it. And it helps, I think, get through any filters that might be there so that the information can be digested. Along those lines, though, um, we will at times, like, for example, this morning, Teresa asked me something very specifically, what should I do? Like, she wanted my help. And I feel like in that moment, it's on me to be as clear and as, frankly, direct as possible with love. Um, and so to not come from a place of anger or resentment or frustration, but to really kind of get to a place of love and like, this is a person I care for deeply. This is my best friend, as you guys mentioned earlier. And so how can I help her get past this? Because I know how hard it is to see myself. I know how hard it is to, you know, get past my own challenges. And so to bring that compassion to bear, which I do very imperfectly. Um, but because we are so close, because we're, our lives are not siloed, we're really able to help each other in ways that I think maybe other couples can't. You know, you mentioned this whole idea of your lives not being siloed. And, you know, it's true when you're on when you're in a relationship with someone you allegedly care about, who you want to be with, you're walking the same path together. And it's really hard to be on a parallel journey with someone if you have perpendicular priorities. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, and this, I don't necessarily want to go all the way back to us getting together, but we've always been on the same page yeah. with, you know, our priorities in terms of lifestyle and our daughter parents where we want to live, travel, our work, life balance, all of those things have been pretty seamless in our relationship. And so when we talk about it, we have not experienced too much divergence when it comes to those major things. And I feel very lucky in that regard because you know I've had relationships before where that was not the case. And I have real compassion for people in that position because I know that can be very challenging. Yeah, it certainly was one of the things that was most exciting and and when we were getting together and when we were getting to know each other was that every time we sort of hit one of those big life questions, there was this resonance, you know, mm. this like excitement and resonance and shared value system that we kept discovering as we explored interest and topic and decision after decision. So one of the reasons, though, I think we both knew almost instantly uh, that, that this was it, you know, one of the reasons that that kept resonating. That's beautiful. I like the way you two talk and share things together. And a lot of couples get together and they have a lot in common in the beginning. 
And along the way, they forget to have these conversations. And y'all do a great job continuing that and even putting a lot of effort and making sure that that's a priority for you. Because couples tend to, over time, not do it, and they grow apart. And by helping each other out and being a, a support system to be, you know, for example, he likes to help you become who you want to be and vice versa. You're able to grow together and stay together. And I think that's where a lot of relationships fail. They don't make that a priority. And I think it's beautiful that you do. You know, our best conversations, uh, to harken back to a topic we were talking about before amongst the four of us, is travel. Travel. When we travel together, we have the most inspired, exciting, complete conversations. Uh, it's I can remember road trips that we've taken. Always road trips. Where we end up talking for hours about these things, and we, we've become so close through that kind of experience. So I think there is something to be said for kind of veering away from, quote-unquote, the mainstream path together, doing things, interesting things, outside-of-the-box things, adventures, etc., which will, by virtue of their experience, bring you closer together, but also pulls you away from the typical poles like work and social media and television. We're both really interested in growth. I mean, that's something I think we both really care about. So when we traveled through Asia a couple of years ago, There were a lot of challenges that came up. (laughs) And I think that, you know, we were growing and changing. We were being challenged in new ways. And that was part of the excitement for us, you know, which I think is, is true in general about the two of us that we're both, we're both seeking growth. So that's something that naturally comes in our relationship too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. I mean, you have to have two people who want to move forward. I mean, if someone is perfectly okay with their mediocrity and the other person wants to become a rising star you know, that may represent a potential divergence in the quality of your relationship going forward. As someone changes, let's use the word evolves, into a different person who is a higher quality person, let's just say what it is, and the other person has no interest in it, my guess is those people would grow apart. Yeah, and I think it's important to pinpoint that early in a relationship before it becomes serious. Because typically who we are in the beginning, we really are later in life anyway. It's just a matter of how well we develop it, or if we let it go to sleep. And with the right person, they will help us develop that and be the best person that we can be. Now, that said, I would say I have evolved in a different way with you in my life than I may have had you were not here. Right, and I could say the same thing, too. You've made my life many, many times better in so (laughs) many different ways, and I've grown as a person because of it. Me too, of course. I will say, you know, the whole idea of traveling, the whole idea of going on camping adventures, some of the ways we've experienced adventuring, uh, homeschooling, uh, all the things you've brought into my life that I may not have even considered. But yeah, when it was brought to the table and I knew it was important to you, I was all for it. And of course, it's, it's changed me. It's developed me. It's made me into a more confident and courageous and virtuous man. And yet... Our path, I think if we would have guessed what we would be doing in 11 years, 11 years ago, we may or may not have you know, pinpointed and predicted exactly where we'd be, but I bet it would have been close. Mm. It wasn't like we put a dartboard up there and threw a dart. Right. It's not like we changed character or changed personalities, but we have grown despite all of that. Uh, we're still the same personality, even though life and experiences have changed, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have expected or even guessed that this is what life would have been like 
11 years ago what it is today. And it's beautiful. Well, like I said, I think components of it we would have been able to figure. Yeah. But some of the twists and turns have taken us in other directions. And <laughs> like you two just eloquently said, you know, the kids come along. Family <laughs> happens. You know, and now we have a little boy and a little girl. And, of course, that affects everything we're doing. I mean, we're back BMX racing again. Right. We no know. longer have uh, sleepless nights or sleep deprivation from crying babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's not something you get to choose. I think that's going to happen. And I'm sure you guys yeah. know that very well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Intimately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'll change you. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what if you decide that a person needs to change? And uh, they're not necessarily on board yet. I mean, then you get back to the, I'm trying to change my spouse routine, which almost never works. So how do you kind of walk that fine line between, hey, here's a direction I think we ought to think about going together. What do you think? And, well, you know what, I'm just going to drop a bomb and we're going to do this whether you like it or not. Well, where you start there is acceptance, uh, number one. And I've been in both situations. And if there's real love kind of supporting it, then whatever pace differences there might be or timing issues that may arise there, you'll get through those. Um, with Teresa, though, it, we've not really had anything like that, have we? Can you think of any, any specific I'm examples? thinking of some ways right now that I'm growing and changing that have been a little uncomfortable, so I can share about that. <laughs> um, and, and the patience and the love with which Stephen has, has helped me through those things. So what I was going to say generally, and then I'll get more specifically into what what's been happening for me is that we have a spiritual practice that helps us to look at if we're feeling uncomfortable or unhappy or irritable or, you know, we're just uh, not in the place that we know that we can be in our lives. We both tend to look at that, you know, so we we come back to that. You know, we both want to live joyful, thriving lives. And I think we both help each other see when we're not in that place. Um, and so we bring it back. I was going to say we bring it back to shared values and one of those values is is being of love and service in our lives. So I think when I'm not in that place personally, I don't stay there too long. You know, when I'm when I'm in a place of discomfort or I know that I'm being cranky with my family, the people I love the most, I take a look at it. You know, it doesn't mean I'll get out of it right away. So for example, that Stephen was saying he was helping me this morning with something, you know, our I, I work from home and our daughter has been, she's nine months old, which is, I guess this is very typical, um, is having some mommy separation anxiety. And I'm feeling tremendous guilt about this and just really uncomfortable and not knowing what to do. Every time I walk in and out of the room, she's crying, she's inconsolable. And I have to learn to accept that. Like Stephen said, you know, I have to be okay with that and learn to control, to, to look at my emotions around that. What's coming up for me? Why am I so uncomfortable with this? Because it's not about, Sophia's fine. She's being cared for, fed breakfast by her father. Um, I'm the one that's uncomfortable with it. So take a minute, look at what's going on, you know, be able to, to handle that myself. And so growing as a parent certainly is one of the areas that I think we've been helping each other because we do have shared values. Even if we've had different approaches here and there, you know, sleeping was another thing. There'll be, I'm sure, many different things that will come up in Sophia's life where we will each have a different approach immediately. You know, I think that we have shared values and aspirations uh, for our lives that bring us back to the same place, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense, definitely, because, you know, you don't marry someone unless you kind of have a lot of the same ways of thinking and you're mutually compatible in those big issues of life like parenting and finances and, you know, faith and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you have those boxes checked off, it seems like, you know, a little bit of flexing, a little bit of learning and listening and communicating here and there 
will help you kind of forge the path that you should be on. And Stephen, you and I have been teaching men how to be men and how to be attractive to women for years. So I'm sure you'll agree that when you act in the woman's best interest and lead accordingly, a lot of times things go a lot more smoothly than if you're, say, a bull in a china shop and go snort all your salary up your nose and just don't give a rat's behind what happens to the family. You know, caring and being the man of the house in a way that you lead, but not because you're forcing that leadership on someone else, but because you actually care and you're acting in their best interest and you've actually listened to her and been, you know, in tune with what the kids' needs are. I think that makes all the difference in the world and it smooths things over from the very start. Yeah, there's a wiggle room uh, for people in, in healthy relationships, I think, that's not there otherwise. And the wiggle room is like we have – there's a strong connection. And if I'm a little off or she's a little off, I will react more strongly to that than she will. Like when she's a little off this morning, for example, it was like no big deal to me. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I think to your to your point, Scott, you know, as a guy, as a man, as the man in the relationship, you know, so much of what you and I teach guys is how to be secure. And I think for me, it comes back to that a lot is how can I find my axis in this moment get grounded, get connected to myself, and then come from a place of real love. Um, that's not something that's been modeled perfectly in my life. So it's something I've had to learn myself through resources, etc. But I think that that is, for a guy at least, primary. Can I get connected? Can I get in, in myself? Can I get grounded? And then from there, come from a place of love. And it's not like I'm thinking about how to be a guy in this moment. What I'm really doing is I'm coming from that place and I'm finding that the values of being clear and direct and loving all fit very well with each other. And I find that that's a thing that Teresa really responds well to. Um, whereas if something in that equation is off, then I can see that it may not land <laughs> in a way that I had designed it to. And I think it works both ways. I yeah. think that absolutely, all of that, that's exactly how I approach things too when, when Stephen's struggling with something. Well, I like what you said about not feeling like you have to figure out how to be a guy. You're right. letting it come naturally because it's part of your nature. You're a provider and a protector, so you want people to be happy, you want them to be healthy, and you want them to be safe and secure. Um, but we as guys also need the safety and security to know that our wife isn't out to get us, out to undermine us, would really wish that we would change careers and do something else. So, yeah, you're right, Teresa. It does go both ways. And I think a lot of times at dance, people forget that it takes two to tango. And it sounds like you all have that very well figured out, so that's very well said. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, too, along those lines, you know, when it comes to changing people, you know, sometimes they don't realize what they really want. Uh, to what point do you push and at what point do you, you know, let it go? And I can think of a few times when you and I uh, hadn't exactly been on the same page, but we weren't entirely in a different book, though. We were on the same book, different page. Well, <laughs> right. the three that come to mind is you wanted to have another baby. Yes. And I was not so sure about that. And, right. of course, now that Sarah's in our life, she's wonderful in a dream. We'd never send her back. <laughs> right. <laughs> the RV, travel. And the RV, travel, absolutely. I, I was not raised in a family that valued running around in a trailer. Hmm. <laughs> I, I was not a trailer kind of guy. Now I am totally a trailer kind of guy, which is, you know, amazing to me. But it's so much fun to go out and 
and go camping and see the great outdoors. And I go did change you. Well, you absolutely <laughs> did. The other one, of course, was the homeschooling. I was not on board with the homeschooling at first. I wanted to make sure the kids were socialized. I didn't want them to become like Ted Kaczynski's offspring, you know, and I, I, I was very much on the fence about that. But now with the whole world schooling and everything, I'm a believer in it. So, right. so yeah. the next question is, when you're in that situation, how do you encourage the other person to come along for the ride with that, right? Yeah, without How did trying I get to, you to yeah. change without forcing you? Well, you were consistent and persistent. <laughs> uh, and you just said, you know, it's more like try it, you'll like it. Right. We did it slowly. For example, the schooling, I, I addressed it. We talked about it. What are your concerns? These are my concerns. Okay, well, let's see what we can do to alleviate those concerns. You, these are valid reasons to be worried. Here's my plan of action to avoid that so that you would be comfortable with it. Well, plus I wasn't bullheaded about it. All those things I knew were important to you. Right. And, you know, I think especially having another child for me was really just a leap of faith. Because you wanted a daughter. And, you know, of course, this is not in our hands. <laughs> Can't control that. It turned out all right. But, you know, I needed to know from you if we had another son, that was fine. Mm. So, you know, it was like, all right. And, of course, uh, we had to try to get pregnant, and that involved some unbelievable bucket list shenanigans, like uh, having sex at an airport uh, <laughs> in the meeting room at an airport lounge, which we rented for $25 for the hour and closed the shades. Because, wow. you know, hey, you know, nature called. That's right. You were ovulating. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the flight was, what, 36 hours before our next destination? So it was like, now or, yeah, now we or not. <laughs> Have sex with me now. Oh, my God. That's we, 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 were, we can't we were, do that. No, right. really, now, now. <laughs> we, were off, we were off somewhere for a 36-hour flight. And he said, oh, my God, I just ovulated. And it was like, you know, if we ever got caught, we had a hell of an excuse. Who was going to arrest a woman who's hell bent on getting pregnant? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Sarah was made in China. Yes, she was. That's the nice. joke of the family. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We know right when and where she was conceived. It was in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Wow, cool. Very cool. Sarah was made in China. Ironically, long after the flight. Yes, yeah, it wasn't yes. in the meeting room. Right. right. Next time you were ovulating, I think. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we sure digressed, didn't we? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, at least I helped you grow. <laughs> oh, Even yeah. if it was just, you know, down here for nine months. <laughs> anyway, what do you have to say about that, Steve? Well, the one thing I have noticed is also effective is, you know, painting whatever this may be as exciting, the, uh, caring about the framing of it. Uh, you know, recently we we were contemplating some travel and with our baby and thinking about sleeping and how are we going to sleep. And the image that was populating the conversation was of the poor baby unable to sleep and in hell for seven hours <laughs> while we drove to Arizona. And so just changing that image and talking about it, it's like, well, she needs to learn how to sleep in the car. She needs to have that option. We're helping her learn how to sleep in that situation. We're, we're creating more opportunity for her. There's a way to talk about things that's kind of looking at it from the point of view of like, hey, anything's possible. There's limitless possibility and things might go really, really well on this uh, adventure, if you will. Turn it to the rock station or, you know, you're going to go to <laughs> what? That's right. El Central California. You're going to be not in any radio. Take like, you know, your iPod and plug it in and put all the hairband music from the 80s 
and you know Led Zeppelin and ACDC and crank it up. Perfect. Plenty of that. She'll fall asleep. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Emily bought that tooth and nail, but I'm telling you, nothing puts little babies <laughs> asleep in the car like loud heavy metal. <laughs> Probably because she's wanting to be somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna get oh man, our kids. Danielle actually ended up loving this stuff. Um, no, but I mean, put that to the test. I mean, it sounds so absolutely counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, that's the gold nugget of this podcast, actually. But anyway, I love what you guys are saying. And you do have to think about these things. And at some point, you have to go give it a try. And if it's a failed experiment, it's a failed experiment. You have something to grow on there. Right. I mean, you don't say that about having a kid, obviously. But, you know, some of these life decisions, you do want to make sure you're on the same page. But if you're on the same page because of I love you and I know how badly you want this, and it's not going to kill me to give it to you and to be there for you while we do it, then that's fine. I just think, you know, along the way, it can't be just a one-way street. Giving to your significant other what's really a, a dream for them is going to be a dream for you too, ultimately. Mm. And, and I think also sometimes we, at least for me, my resistance to something that Stephen proposes may be about some fear that I have or some way in which I am some fearful or small or limited way I'm looking at the world. And when, when I, and I accept that when I go with it, my life gets to expand in, in amazing ways that I couldn't have known possible. I don't want to stay. And this gets to both of us wanting to grow. You know, I don't want to stay in a box. You know, I don't want to be caged in by fears that maybe got implanted way back in my childhood or who knows when, right? I want to be tested. I want to do that. And when I say yes, my life gets so much better, almost always. It really is fun to encourage and empower each other like that. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone's a little timid and you're gung-ho and they're like, all right, well, let's do it. Because then the next thing you know, your wife's suggesting, you know, these crazy places to go to. It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, hey, you know, let's go. Let's do it. Let's take yeah. the kid to India, you know. Yeah, I remember I was like that. I'm like, I'm not going there. Not going there. <laughs> Finally, uh, we had Sarah, and I was thrilled, and mm -hmm. you were thrilled, of course. And we realized that, well, travel might come to an end. And I knew how important it was for you to go to India. So you had mentioned it one more time. I said, let's go. And you were surprised, but I knew that would make you incredibly thrilled. And we went, and I fell in love with it. Mm. So I'm glad you enriched my life that way. In reasonably sized doses. <laughs> and after two weeks in India, your head is going to explode. You've got to like leave and come back at least. India is just amazing. Oh, my God. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Oh, yeah. People always we, – we went to India for about four weeks a couple of years ago. And people said halfway through you're going to – can't believe you have another half left. And then by the time you're leaving, you're going to be planning your next trip. And that was yeah, exactly right. how we found it very, to be. Very, very sure. true. Well, I love what you guys had to say, and I, I think it's interesting how what this really comes down to is being there for each other, communicating, supporting each other, and wanting what the other person wants because, A, you're with the right person. Second of all, because it's you know better to give than it is to receive. And once that's a two-way street, I think that things tend to sort themselves out and the adventures start flowing. The one thing you definitely don't want to do is just start leaving books on the coffee table. You know, hey, you ought to read this, you know, <laughs> when, it, when it starts feeling like judgment, you know, the, the quiet, you know, I'm silently judging you, you know, I mean, that's when people start resenting each other. You know, the best thing is to talk about what your wants, your hopes, your dreams and your fears are. I've said it before elsewhere. I'll say it again. You know, when a woman harps on a man because he doesn't listen, it's not because she wants to take over his life and control him. It's because 
how can a man possibly be there for her and be the provider and protector and, and, and a valid partner if he doesn't even know what her hopes and dreams and wants and fears are? Mm. You know, you have to talk about this stuff. I have people who come to me and they're like, well, she said this or she did that. What did she mean, Scott? And it's like, well, did you ask her? Oh, uh, well, I can't right. do that. <laughs> well, you know, this relationship is already doomed, period. So I really appreciate what y'all are saying. This has been a wonderful conversation. So what do you say, Emily? Let's uh, have uh, Stephen and Teresa tell everybody where they can reach them. I know that they've got a new venture going on called OwnStream, and I want to hear more about that also. Yeah, it's uh, ownstream.co. That's the website. And we have a podcast, which is a weekly uh, podcast uh, where it's interviews mostly with people who are very forward thinking and on the leading edge of new paradigms and lifestyle, business, and spirit. That's a major part of it. But we do coaching as well. I still do dating coaching. Teresa does dating coaching. We do a couple of specific type of lifestyle focused programs. Uh, one is on total lifestyle redesign, and one is on recreating your burn the boats moment. When you make a decision to go away from the mainstream paradigms, we help people kind of create that moment, make it almost a ritual so that it's impactful and that it sticks. And so that's our coaching is basically boils down to that, and that can all be found at ownstream.co. I love that, man. That sounds so macho. Yeah, you know, man. Burn the damn boats. <laughs> you know, I think our podcast is weekly also, depending on how you spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily just looked at me and went, uh, no. Was that an eye roll I heard? <laughs> no, that was purely for the comedic value. There was no reality behind that whatsoever. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen and Teresa, so much. I'm going to go check out OwnStream. I already looked at your page. I think it's amazing. There's so much there. You guys have so much cool stuff going on. It almost like whacks you in the face. So, you know, you guys who are listening, you guys and gals, go check out OwnStream.co and uh, see what uh, see what Teresa and Stephen look like, see what they're up to, see what their adventures entail, and uh, get a hold of them. Good stuff. Thanks, you guys. Yes, thanks thank for you. being on the show. Thank you, guys. Really a pleasure. Thank you. And until we talk to you again on the next action-packed episode of XML on the Fly, I'm Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly dating podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, an online dating profile rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.